everyone, and welcome to On Wednesdays We Watch One Tree Hill, the podcast where a bunch of nostalgic millennials sit around and talk about a TV show from the early 2000s that they either grew up with or have never seen before in their entire lives. As always, I am one of your co-hosts, Brody, and with me as always is Jesse. Hello. And Caitlin. I hate Lucas Scott. Oh. <laughs> and today we are talking about season five, episode six of One Tree Hill, titled Don't Dream It's Over, which fun fact is a song by Crowded House. Is it and trust hate- me, it's the Hey Now, Hey Now, Don't hey- Dream It. Yeah, it is that song. Okay, yes. I thought that song was called Hey Now. So I'm no. like, I'm sure this is the song I think it is. Yes. But... I'd actually look it up because I'm like, I is this the song? And it is. And it's an older song that just everyone and their mother seems to have covered, really. Because the big cover that I know everyone knows of lately was the Miley Cyrus and Ariana Grande one. Yep. Which is super good. Never heard it. What's the one before that? Crowded House. (sighs) Yeah. So never heard that band title, but okay. It doesn't matter. We have a lot of shitty people to talk about. We need to get going. Yes, we do. Okay. (laughs) So we open with Jamie. Um, having a nightmare about Dan. We're right there with you, Jamie. Right there with you, bud. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he yells for Nathan and Haley, and he tells them, um, you know, that he's that that Grandpa Dan's gonna escape. He's gonna escape. And they're like, What do you mean from heaven? He's like, No, prison, and he's gonna get me immediately. <laughs> Cut to Nathan asking Seals, Did you tell Jamie that Dan's in jail? And Skills says, Yeah, because he asked so many damn questions. And Nathan's like, no, dude, you have to lie to him. He's like, no, he's too cute. I can't lie to him. He just asks all these questions and he's too cute. I can't do it. <laughs> Honestly, I, mean, I understand skills. Like, I generally speaking, am an honesty is the best policy kind of person, even if it hurts. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think it's part of why I should never be a parent because, I mean, there are certain lies that I'm just not going to be able to tell my children. Like, for example, uh, if someone did something bad, I'm going to be like, yeah, he killed somebody. <laughs> There's yeah. like levels. I'm not of... going to be able to sugarcoat that. Right. <laughs> but like in that conversation, one of the truths that that skill said was never oh. date girls named Bevan. Oh, we'll yep. get to that. We'll get to that. Cause literally he says, cause Nathan asks skills. He's like, okay, what else did you tell him? I have to be prepared. What else did you tell him? And skills is like, I only told him the truth that the man killed Tupac and Biggie <laughs> never date girls named Bevan and Santa Claus is black. <laughs> Which are all very solid pieces of truth yes and then nathan brings up the easter bunny and skills is just like dude a bunny that lays eggs do you know how many questions that kid would ask <laughs> so skills good. knows what's up so good skills, skills is also perfectly content being the fun uncle and not yes. having children always Absolutely. always that's what he excels at i'm glad i'm glad for it okay. then Fourth uh yes then we cut to peyton who is standing outside of her old house so Apparently, Larry sold the house after Peyton moved out because, you know, he doesn't use a house, you know, 90 percent of the time. So we find out he sold the house and a young girl comes out and Peyton asks her if that's her room up there, motioning to her old room. And the young girl whose name is Molly says, yeah, do you want to come see it? And Peyton's like, "Um, are you sure? Because, you know, I could be like a crazy stalker. And she's like, no, 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 you're Peyton. I know who you are. 
And she takes her inside her room and now it's all like super girly and pink and all this kind of stuff. And Peyton's like, yeah, my bedroom was red when I was here. And the girl's like, yeah, that's a little weird. And Peyton's like, no, it was everything I wanted it to be. And then the girl shows her that she's redecorated like everything in the room except for the closet door that has the Peyton and Lucas true love always inscription on it. (sighs) Yeah, yeah. Then um, then we go to Haley and Lindsay, who come by the studio to find Victoria there with a very distraught looking Mia. Poor thing. And Victoria demands to hear Mia sing as Brooke is, you know, financially backing her record. And um, Mia starts to play, but she's very nervous. And Victoria doesn't even really give her a chance to sing before she insults her and tells her that she wants to talk to Peyton before this catastrophe goes any farther. Right. But we do get one of my favorite nicknames for Victoria that Haley calls her bitch Toria. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so then immediately Peyton comes in after obviously Haley's called her because Mia disappeared after having to deal with bitch Toria. And Peyton is freaking out a little bit. And she immediately asks Lindsay if her and Haley can have a couple minutes to themselves and give them some space. So Lindsay leaves and goes into the studio area or the performance area of the studio. and. Haley and Peyton jump back and forth on each other about how, um, you know, Peyton was kind of mean to Lindsay there. And Peyton's like, no, I just want space. I don't want anyone in the studio, especially her. Blah, 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 blah. And Haley's like, why don't you just admit that you don't like her? And Peyton's like, fine, I don't like her. And then we see that the intercom button has been pressed by Peyton's bag this whole time. So Lindsay heard everything Peyton said about how she doesn't like Lindsay. And Lindsay just leaves. Personally, Great. I'm shocked that Peyton doesn't like her. I don't know about you guys. So how could, how could we ever tell? Like, I know. What? I mean, no context clues what? at all for how Peyton felt about this. Right? It's just <laughs> mind boggling. Moving on. Mouth gets to work and the rest of the station employees ask him to talk to Alice as they're all very tired of working every weekend, working so hard. And he seems to be the only one who's ever stood up to her. And Mouth says that she's not that bad. You've gotten away with it. Exactly. Yeah. And he says she's not that bad and that the rest of the employees tell him, no, 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 no. You hate her just as much as the rest of us do because she's a bitch. And it's a hard cut to then. (laughs) Not going to (laughs) lie. Which is a theme throughout this episode. Get ready. So they call Alice a bitch. We hard cut to Lindsay storming into Lucas's room, flopping down on the bed and saying Peyton's a bitch and immediately cutting to Peyton coming to close of her rose and saying Victoria's a bitch to Brooke. So Alice is a bitch, Peyton's a bitch, and Victoria's a bitch. Are we clear? Everyone's a bitch. Yeah. Everyone's a bitch. Yeah. You get to be a bitch. And you get to be a bitch. And you get to be a bitch. <laughs> yes. Bitches for everyone. Um, yes. Not so, in the fun way. No. then Peyton explains what Victoria did um, about ambushing Mia and Haley and all that kind of stuff. And she's like, I got to go find Mia. Then Millicent immediately freaks out and says, oh, my God, there's the hot guy from the store opening. And she ducks behind the counter. Brooke gets very excited. And as Mouth walks in, she's like, Mouth, move. There's a hot guy coming in until she realizes there's no other guy coming into the store. And that Mouth is the hot guy that Millie was talking about. which is just so cute it's adorable (laughs) and uh mouth is actually there to ask brooke if she can pick something out for a gift for his boss 
And he leaves and Millie then talks about how cute he is, but he's buying a gift for someone. And Brooke's like, yeah, but it's for his boss. He's not dating his boss or anything. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Who would do that? So stupid. Right. Ooh. Fadden, queen of queen, king of morals. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cut to mouth post coitus with Alice. And he asks her if she likes the crew at work. And she's like, uh, no, I don't like them at all. And she brushes off his entire pitch of like, you know, maybe you should hang out with them and, you know, get to know them. They're not so bad. And she's like, yeah, no, whatever. I'll see you at the office. And she leaves. I hate, I hate her. her. I hate her so much. And the words of Jerry or Harry or whatever the hell his name is. She's a bitch. She's what? icky. <laughs> like, she is. She's. Oh. She's no. And the thing is, is like. No business being awful. Like, I think that's what makes it so gross is there's like, there's literally no reason for it. No, because she's the fucking worst. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, then uh, we cut to Nathan, who's doing some physical therapy in the pool. When Jamie and Carrie come in to join him in the pool and, you know, Jamie's got his little water wings on and he's adorable and he jumps in and makes a big splash. And I saw that fun. robe that Carrie was wearing and I went, nope, nope. Uh-huh. And K- Carrie's wearing a big old fuzzy robe that she takes off to show an itty bitty teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini. Literally. 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 Yep. 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 And she gets in. And there's a lot of just them splashing each other and playing around. And it's, yeah. She calls him daddy. Yes, Uh she does. She does. And I really hated it. She's like, like, don't splash me, daddy. I hate it when people people call others who are not their parent, mommy or daddy, in a serious manner. Mm. But that was just awful. Like, Uh yep. Yeah. So all this is happening and we see Haley um, walk outside and see all of this going down. And the look on her face is not good. Haley's had a no good, very bad day. Uh She's had too many run ins with Victoria. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Then um, we see Jamie having another nightmare about Dan and he runs out and asks for his mama. Haley runs after him and tells him that she's here. She's here. But he runs away and says he wants his other mama. And he runs away. So she goes into her bedroom to ask Nathan if he heard what Jamie said. But as she does, she sees Nathan and Carrie kissing on their bed. And she wakes up and turns out it's Haley's nightmare, not Jamie's. It's the other theme of this episode is everybody gets a nightmare. Everybody gets a nightmare. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. God. Then uh, that morning, Haley's obviously very tired. She didn't sleep well, obviously. And she's, you know, you can tell she's slightly annoyed with Carrie. And Carrie says she's going to take another swim that morning because um, Jamie's with skills and Nathan's out on errands or something. And Haley asks her if she could please not wear a bikini anymore at the pool. It's a little inappropriate with Jamie. And Carrie understands and tells her it won't happen again. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Cool. Great. Glad we nipped that in the bud. The problem's going to be solved. Everything's going to be fine, right? (laughs) There's no way you could uh, take that too literally and, yeah, Mm -hmm. never mind. No, we're fine. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. Fixed it. Yes. Immediately, we cut to Victoria telling Brooke that it won't happen again. That's the other thing. Hard cuts. Always. 
Carrie says it won't happen again. Victoria tells Brooke it won't happen again. And Brooke reminds her that it's her money backing the label, and she doesn't understand why she has to act like this. And Victoria just lists a whole bunch of things about how, you know, their models who are size four should be a size zero. She's stuck in this place, blah, blah, blah. She lives in a hotel, blah, 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 blah. She hates it here. And Brooke says, well, maybe she should go back to New York. And Victoria immediately course corrects a bit and gives Brooke some compliments and says, you know, you should eat your breakfast. And Brooke is like, but I'm a size four. And she's like, yeah, but you're not a model. My daughter's too smart to waste her time being a model. Which just, you see the smile on Brooke's face. She's pacifying Brooke and manipulating her, and I don't like it. But also, that's just, like, so rude. Mm-hmm. Like, like, of her to say. Yeah. I just, ugh. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. The villains are really villaining this season without a damn. Yeah. They have like, no fucks to give. Like, no. they truly, I mean, don't get me, like, obviously we know, like, Dan was doing. The like, most. Dan, Dan was being Dan. And yeah. he did a lot of shitty shit, but he, I mean, at least Dan was like, I'm doing it all because I love my family, blah, blah, blah. Even if that's a bullshit fucking answer, uh-huh. these villains are just like, there's no, there's no reason for their behavior other than to just be jerks. Uh-huh. And it's a lot because yeah, it, that's almost it, worse somehow. <laughs> well, yeah, all of the villains, especially in these I'm sorry, excuse me. Uh, every, even in these two episodes, uh, all of the villains, it's all about power. It's all mm-hmm. about, like, gaslighting and breaking down the people that they want power over. And it's a self-serving thing. Dan's excuse was always for the betterment of everybody else. Yeah. Not just him, everybody else. The other two, especially Carrie and Victoria, it's all about them. Yeah. Well, Carrie, Victoria, Alice. And yes. Then, oh, yeah. 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 You know, they're all like, I'm going to control these people. Everything. Yes. Yeah. Keep them. Yeah. 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 So uh-huh. then, um, okay. Then we cut to the most adorable thing ever, which is Jamie and Skills playing rock band. I love it. I oh love my it. God. I love the it. score was way too high for a four year old. Yeah, yeah. He was hitting everything. He is a prodigy. Do you yeah. see that? Well, he is smart and he looks like <laughs> Lucas. So, you know, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they're all having a really good time until Jamie starts asking him about Dan. And we immediately then cut to Jamie cleaning his room and Nathan walks in on him and Jamie just goes, it's clean, I promise. And we find out (laughs) Skills told him Dan went to jail because he didn't clean his room. Skills, buddy. I need Skills to repeat after me. You're going to have to ask your mom and dad that, buddy. (laughs) I can't tell you that. Exactly, exactly. Jesus. Uh, Skills apologizes and tells, tells him he doesn't like lying to Jamie because, you know, he, he, he's too damn cute and that somebody needs to talk lies. to him. Yeah. yeah, he does. He does. he does. And he says that, you know, you guys need to talk to him about this stuff. <laughs> and it cuts to um, immediately Lucas coming into Red Bedroom Records telling Peyton that they need to talk. And he confronts Peyton about telling Lindsay that she doesn't really like her. And Peyton tells him she's too busy and she can't do this right now because Mia's still missing. Lucas tells her she needs to apologize and then asks her immediately if he can help with me and all that stuff. And Peyton's like, no, go back to your girlfriend. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> doing everything right in this episode and then it changes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Then uh, we see Quentin. Uh, be summoned into Lucas's office on the weekend. And 
we see Lucas and Haley are there and they tell him that Haley is still going to fail him for the quarter because he did walk out of her class, but she has a way for him to earn extra credit to not fail and be eligible to play basketball. And she hands him Les Miserables and tells him if he reads it through the entire school year and gives her biweekly book reports, she will not fail him and he can play basketball. And if he does, he asks, what if I don't do it? And Haley says she will not give preferential treatment to anyone, regardless of if they're on the basketball team or not. And Quentin just says, I'll think about it and walks off. Mm-hmm. Immediately, we cut to the river court where Q's playing. And Nathan comes over and says that he needs to read the book. And Q starts telling him, you know, that maybe they're just scared he's going to beat Nathan's scoring record. And Nathan says he's never going to do that because he doesn't have it in him to do whatever it takes to make it happen. And Nathan says, besides, you don't even have a team right now. And Q goes after him and says, you know, you don't even have a team. You're a washed up has been blah, 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 blah. And Q, you know, goes after him about that. And um, Nathan tells him, yeah, yeah, he's made a lot of mistakes. But if he could go back and read a book to change all of it, he would. Especially like that book is like Miserable. Like that is a hard book. Mm-hmm. That book is like 1500 pages. <clears throat> Haley yeah. truly yeah. said, you're going to earn this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ben was surprised how big the book was. He's like, wow, that's a big book. I'm like, have you never seen a physical copy of Les Mis? Like, right. What? Where the musical adaptation is like three and a half hours long. It's, three, it's a full three hours long, like a long <laughs> three hours. Yeah. Like, it's so long that the orchestra has a hard three hour uh, maximum. So huh? if they're not done with the show, they don't get music for their curtain call. Uh-huh. Like the orchestra will walk out because yep. if the show goes too long. Yep. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually did not know that. Yeah. That's yeah. very, that's, you know, it's one of those things that like it totally makes sense, but also wow. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The musician contract is three hour performances. Uh, and uh, any longer, and they have to start paying overages. So. They'll just walk out. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amazing. Yes. Then, um, okay, then we go to Peyton and Brooke and Millie who are at the store and um, they're obviously designing some kind of t-shirts or something and, you know, having some fun times. And Victoria storms in and asks Brooke if she set up a meeting with Macy's. And Brooke says yes. And Victoria tears into her and says that she does not have a head for business. And Victoria tells her that she's been calling the shots for the last three years. And Brooke is not smart enough to run this company yet. But she just said that she was smart and like she's a gaslighting bitch. She's awful. She's so awful. Yes. So she she leaves. Peyton walks out after her and tells her to stop being such a bitch to her daughter. And Victoria says it's none of her business. And Peyton says, well, it is whenever you keep tearing your daughter down. And Peyton tells her that, you know, Victoria, really, the whole point of this is that you're afraid that Brooke is actually smart. And once she figures out how to do the business side of this, that Victoria will be done. And Peyton then says again, and I quote, stop tearing down your daughter. She might have to bite her tongue with you because you're her mother, but you are not mine. And Victoria snidely says, no, I'm not. As a matter of fact, it's quite clear you never had a mother. And Peyton says, yeah, neither did Brooke. Oh, Oh, so that was such a good burn. It was so good. I loved it. Do you need some aloe vera there, Victoria, for that burn, bitch? (laughs) Aloe vera. Such a good drag queen name. Oh, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) 
Yes. Then, then we see Lucas hanging out at that same top drawer of his dresser, looking at that fucking engagement ring again. Ah. And Lindsay walks in on him with it. And she tells him she's sorry, but he says, no, 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 it's okay. And he gets down on one knee and asks her to marry him. But then we immediately see Peyton laying on his bed in lingerie, telling Lindsay to say no. That's what I did when he asked me. And we wake up from Lucas's nightmare. As Lindsay Uh, walks in and says. That was a nightmare. Well, who knows? (laughs) We didn't see the end of it. Nope. (laughs) True. God. No, so um, Mandy called me again. There we go. Left me another voice message. I'm not going to play this one. Uh, it It's not as good as, well, it's just as good. But uh, she agrees with me with the drawer snooping. She thinks you two are too polite. She's like, <laughs> Lindsay absolutely would have snooped through that drawer. She knew that ring was there. Wow. Uh, yep. Just want to okay. let you know that. There you go. There you go. You're, you're not alone. It's fine. <laughs> it's true. Yes. So Lindsay walks in and tells him, did you fall asleep? You have to get ready because we're having dinner with Nathan and Haley tonight. Great. Then Mouth gets into work and the guys ask him if he talked to Alice and he says he thinks he made his position very clear and they tell him, the well, we know that was horizontal. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. He made a position it was on his back naked. Gross. <laughs> Dear God. Then oh, they. Wrong? No, you're not wrong. That's <laughs> why it's just still not good. And they tell him they know he's up for the on-air position, and that's because he stood up to her, you know. So when Alice comes in and then, you know, asks what they're all doing, one of the other guys at work just says, yeah, we're, we're going to get back to work soon, you hag. And she immediately <laughs> fires him. Like, what the hell? Okay. I can't. Listen, I know we all agree that Alice is the worst and she's a bitch, and... She certainly is abusing her position, mm-hmm. but that Thank guy's you. a dumbass. Yes, because yes. Mouth never called her. Mouth never called her a hag or anything like that. Like nope. that. That was indeed a fireable offense. Unlike some of the other things that Alice has tried to fire people for. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, because Mouth was standing up to her while simultaneously calling her like the hottest woman he's ever met. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. That is true. Yep. God. <laughs> uh, okay, then we get my least favorite scene of this episode. Nathan is struggling to get his pants on because he overdid his physical therapy. And he's looking for his cane because he can't find it. And he calls out for Haley. But instead of Haley, Carrie shows up because Haley um, insisted that she needed to go out and get some last minute things for dinner. And Carrie asks him if he needs help. And Nathan says he overdid his rehab, but this probably isn't the most appropriate thing for her to do. And she's like, oh, no, no, it's fine. Nannies are just like doctors. Do you let your doctor see you like this, right? (laughs) And as she's kneeling down, putting on his pants, she tells him Haley asked her not to wear a bikini anymore. And, you know, Nathan kind of pacifies it and just is like, well, you know, I kind of get what she's saying. You know, I'm sure she didn't mean really anything by it. And after she's done, she gets up and tells him, well, if if Haley's worried about someone getting turned on at the pool, she shouldn't let him go shirtless. Yeah, that is the moment when Nathan Scott should have fired his nanny. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That is the absolute moment where he should have done the right thing. Yes. Yeah. 
Then at dinner, um, they talk about how Lucas is on a roll with his writing and how Nathan's rehab is going. And Carrie says he's been looking really good out there. I hate it. I have problems with the seating chart. Why? Interesting seating chart for sure. A, why is uh, Horny Nanny invited to this dinner? Uh, B, I think she lives there. That's I, my thing. I think she lives there now, which is very weird. Right. I didn't realize, nanny. yeah, that she was a live-in nanny until yeah. this episode. Yeah. But like, A, why is she there? Just because she lives there doesn't mean she's invited to, to couple dinner. Uh, B, why is she sitting between Nathan and Haley? You know why she's sitting between Nathan and Haley. It's, ugh. You understand. You know. TV drama. I still don't like it. Uh, I mean, fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, And then the conversation turns to Peyton and Lindsay is so over Peyton and basically says, you know, if she comes after me again, I'm just going to beat her ass. (laughs) (laughs) Even with Lucas, Nathan and Haley, like trying to defend her and me like, you know, I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. But (laughs) Lindsay's just like, no, I know she's your friend, but I will kick her ass. Right. Isn't it, wasn't it like, I know I went to an Ivy League school, but I can beat her ass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And they're kind of like, oh, okay. And then Jamie comes down and they're like, what are you still doing up? And he's like, I'm not tired. And Carrie immediately goes to take him upstairs. But he's like, nope, I got this. Stand down, you slutty bitch. <laughs> and she says, Jamie, go upstairs. Your dad and I will be up there soon to, you know, tuck in. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, okay, fine. So he goes upstairs and then Nathan and Haley follow him up there. And as she does that, she says, Carrie, you are not allowed to touch any dishes. Just make Lucas do the dishes. And Lucas is like, okay, fine. So he leaves and it's just Carrie and Lindsay at the table. And Carrie says she completely agrees with Lindsay about Peyton. Just because there's history with the person does not mean that they belong together. And that was the moment that Lindsay should have immediately gone to Haley and said, you need to fire her. Uh-huh. <laughs> There are a lot of moments in the next two episodes where Carrie should have been fired. Um, And the people who witness what she does do nothing. There are enough red flags in this fucking episode to go around a fucking racetrack. Yes. Yes. Uh, No, uh, Scott brothers are not allowed on racetracks anymore, Brody. You can't say that. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, They're not on the racetrack. Carrie is. (laughs) (laughs) There are enough red flags that she shows to Nathan specifically that he should have told his wife about just Uh in this episode that the fact that he didn't is the most infuriating thing. I know we are back on the, we hate Lucas bandwagon, but this episode I'm like, Nathan Scott, what are you doing right now? I mean, you're correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If your last name is Scott and you're not Haley or Jamie, I'm not a fan right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So then upstairs, Nathan and Haley tell Jamie, you know, a little more about the truth about Dan and say that he did a very bad thing, which is why he went away to prison. And they reassure him that they're not going to let anything bad happen to him whatsoever. I formally request that people stop making promises on this television show because that just gets me anxious. <laughs> yeah, people say I the words never and always. Hmm? Nope. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, also, we find Nathan's cane because Jamie stole it to protect himself from Dan. <laughs> cool. Good. Yeah. Great. Smart good, good, good. Okay. A valid response. Yes, yes. Then uh, Peyton, Brooke, and Millie are at Trick, 
And Brooke comments on how lucky Peyton is to have a bar fully stocked, just mere steps from her work. Not to mention the hot bartender. Y'all! <laughs> Y'all! Continue. Did- <laughs> then a girl asks Brooke for her autograph. And Peyton asks her then after that how her love life is going. And Brooke says no comment, but Millie immediately says she sleeps around her a lot, but there's no one special. And Brooke says you can you be know fired. you is the PR response. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> the way she said it was like, that's the PR answer, which is horrifying. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Is PR, the PR answer being she sleeps around and that's better than being with someone. That's yes. Victoria's PR response. Like Millie ha- was coached that's- by Victoria. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or no, no, not coached. Threatened within an inch of her life to say those exact words, or she'd be yes, fired. Absolutely. Yes. There it is. Is that not what I said? Did I pronounce it wrong? Well, you said coach. You <laughs> okay, said coach. Got it. Got so, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll do better next time. <laughs> good. 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 Yes. But then my favorite part is she. Brooke immediately says to Millie, "You can be fired." And then Peyton says, "Yeah, but then I'd just hire, and then you'd still be paying her salary." She's great. I love and how much everyone loves Millie. Yes. Millie's great. Millie is great. And Brooke does say, you know, that it, not saying that she's super famous, but the celebrity aspect of her life does make it hard to find someone you can trust. Then back at Nathan and Haley's dinner is coming to a close when Quentin comes by and tells Haley he'll do whatever it takes to be eligible to play. And Lucas tells him, all right, fine. 6 a.m. practice tomorrow. And he says, yes, sir. Before Nathan walks him out. And Q tells Nathan he's going to go for that scoring title and he's going to erase him. And Nathan says, yep, that's exactly what I would have said. Uh, yep. Uh-huh. Then at the end of the night at Trick, the girls are getting ready to leave when the hot bartender comes by and asks for her autograph for her bar tab. And he introduces himself as Owen. And Brooke explains that she thought he was asking for her autograph because, you know, because she's a famous designer and he has no idea who she is. And they flirt so much. So much. In that short 10 second span. It's kind of hilarious. Are you um, not going to say who it is? Are we oh, waiting? No, no. It, it's no, Joe Manganiello. It's Joe Manganiello. I was about to be like, it's Joe Manganiello. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't hide that, those, those muscles, <laughs> no. that face. It is Mr. <laughs> Sophia Vergara. It uh, is. It is indeed. And yep. I freaked the fuck out. I'm yes. like. Look at that baby boy. Still this was so before hot. He got, this was before he got Ooh. super, super famous, too. Like, this was, was before this he one did of his famous. breakout roles. Yes. I think it was one of his first roles he had, I think. Yeah. I didn't know who he was until Magic Mike. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, this was before True Blood. Yeah. Oh, I did not watch True Blood. Which was that stratosphere. Yeah. That's where he got super famous. I'm trying okay. to see here. Yeah. Um. Well, he had been. Let's see here. Yeah, the only real thing he'd Mike done like before that Trouble. was um, he was in. I forgot this. He was in the the original Tobey Maguire Spider Man's. Oh, he's Flash Thompson. He's the school bully. Oh, yeah. Wow. Huh. Yes. And so, other than that, he'd had a bunch of TV stuff. He had a recurring role on How I Met Your Mother for seven episodes before this, but that's about it. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. And then True Blood happened to him and he got thrown into the stratosphere. Yes. Facts. 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 Then, um, oh, as the girls are then getting ready to leave now, Peyton sees Mia 
and um, she takes her into her office and Mia tells her that she doesn't think she's the person to start her label with. And Mia says she's not ready and how important this is to Peyton and tells Peyton tells her um, what does she want to do when she writes her music does, you know, and and Mia says, you know, I, it's not about being super famous. It's not about having a lot of money. She wants to be the person to help someone with her music. And um, yeah, she says she wants to make the song to make the world a less scary place. And Peyton's like, all right, I think you're ready. Let's do this. Yeah, it's essentially exactly what Peyton said to her old boss in L.A., right? Like, mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So then um, we go to Brooke, who goes to Close Over Bros and comments that Victoria is there working late. And Brooke tells her she knows how hard all of this has been on her, but she needs her to trust her. And no matter what happens, she wanted Victoria to know that she loves her and appreciates her. And she doesn't say it that often. And Victoria tells her that she trusts her and loves her and is so proud of her. And they hug. And Brooke wakes up because all that was was a dream. Yep. Then um, Brooke, after her dream, goes to Close Over Bros. And we see the very same situation. Victoria is working late at Close Over Bros. Brooke tells her the same spiel that she knows how hard all of this has been on her, but she needs her to trust her. And no matter what happens, she wanted her to know she loves her and appreciates her. She doesn't say it all that often. Victoria's response in reality is, whatever, you can lock up. And leaves Brooke with tears welling up in her eyes. I hated that a lot. Uh I hated the whole thing. Hmm? You know what I hate even worse? The next thing that's going to happen, because Lucas is driving home from Nathan and Haley's or went out for a drive after or whatever because he and Lindsay are not in the same car, apparently. Carpooling is not a thing for this couple. And he sees the light on in Peyton's office at Trick. So then he comes in and tells her that she's not the Peyton that he remembers. And she tells him that she hasn't been that Peyton for at least three years. And she tells him about the closet door that she saw today. And that's what they were supposed to be always until he came to L.A. and ambushed her. And she says that his proposal came from a place of insecurity. And he's super offended by that and tells her, you know how you get always Peyton by saying yes. And Peyton says she wanted to say yes, but he gave up on them by not waiting for her. And Lucas says that she gave up on him and he tells her that she didn't think that he could get his novel published. And he says maybe because it wasn't about her and what she wanted. Peyton then tells him that if she didn't believe in him, then why is it that every time she sees his book, she has to buy a copy? And she says, and I quote, you said I was great. You said I could be great. You said we were destined to be together. You said it to the world. You said it to me. And I wish you had never said it because you didn't mean any of it. While she's saying that, she's throwing multiple copies of An Unkindness of Ravens at his head. Yep. Which I loved. Loved that. Uh, Absolutely loved that. Throw those books in his face. It's such a good monologue from her to just be like, you said all this to me and you didn't mean a word of it because you gave up on us. This, okay, as painful as this entire scene is, Mm -hmm. it made me so happy that the two of them were finally speaking fucking honestly to each other. Yep. Like... Are you fucking kidding me? Like, Lucas is still 100% wrong. Um, throwing that out there, Peyton's view of the of events is the correct one. We all saw it. Uh, but the fact that they're actually talking about it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And um, after she throws the last book at him, he says he's going to go and she tells him she wants to pay rent because she doesn't feel right about this. However, she can pay for it. She's going to do it. But whatever this arrangement is, and Lucas says it's called being nicer. And she says, well, maybe it needs to stop. Great. Great. Then we the get the nice boy syndrome is just rolling off of Lucas mm. Scott this episode. Oh yeah, oh, it's yeah. his I'm whole so character. F- yeah, is the puppy being loud? Does he have feelings about Lucas Scott? No, he's just aggressively chewing on a toy next to me. <laughs> you guys hear it? So, oh, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, no, I, ugh. yeah. So then we get to our montage of the episode and it starts with Mia riding the bus. Listen to some music. Yes, Jesse. The montage, they swing into that epic fight. They cut directly into band of horses. No one's going to love you. And uh-huh. my heart shattered. That song <laughs> destroys me uh-huh. every time I hear it. And the fact that we swung so hard into it uh-huh. after. No, we didn't swing. We threw books at it. We crash cut, smash yeah. cut. Aggressively into... threw books at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, we see Mia riding the bus. Uh, Lindsay driving past Trick and seeing Peyton and Lucas's cars both parked there and the lights on. Quentin reading Les Mis on the bus. And then we see Mouth, who's at work, and Jerry tells him he's lucky Alice likes him. God help him if that ever changes. And he tells, um, well, then Mouth goes to leave, and he tells Alice he's going to go home. And when he refuses to go back to her place with her, she threatens his on-air promotion. Yep. Gross. (sighs) Then we see Brooke call Millie and tell her to reschedule the meeting with Macy's and tells her to no longer refer to Victoria as Brooke's mother anymore. Yep. And then finally, because Victoria hasn't acted like a mother for 22 years. Nope. Yes. Then, uh, the final scene is Nathan, um, tells Haley that Jamie is out cold and that there are no monsters in his room at all. And Haley jokingly asks him to check in their room to see if there are any monsters. So he checks under the bed and the closet. And then she asks him to go out to the terrace to look. And when he does, he sees Carrie in the pool skinny dipping. And we hear Haley thanking Nathan from inside for checking. And it's nice to know that there are no monsters in the house as Nanny Carrie gets out naked, smirking that she knows Nathan's watching her. And the episode ends. You know how this episode should have ended? Nathan turning around and going, Haley, the nanny's skinny dipping in the swimming pool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So here's here's what I'm going to say about Nathan this entire episode. Should he have said something? Abs-a-frickin-lutely. Is Nathan, to his detriment, the master of second chances and not wanting to ruin someone's life due to a bad choice? Yes. So I understand why Nathan's like, Carrie, you're making mistakes. You need to stop. It's not that big a deal. You can do better than this, and we're just going to be fine. I get what his point is. Is it right? No. But Nathan's trying to see the good in people because, you know, that's what Haley made him do because he's a better person now. So, yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Is it right? No. 
it's going to bite him in the ass. Oh, it is. He's trying so hard to fix his family. I'm like, this isn't how you do it. (laughs) Not at all. Yeah. Anyway, what did we think of the episode overall? I'm just glad that while many things have changed in the last four years, Lucas being a fucking idiot isn't one of them. (laughs) Don't have to be smart to be a published author, (laughs) y'all. No, you don't. You really don't. Wow. Yeah, also, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I just, I, obviously Trick is on Lucas and Lindsay's way home. Did he not think that Lindsay wouldn't drive by? No, because in his brain, he and Peyton are just still really good friends. There is nothing for Lindsay to be concerned about. That yeah. is how this boy's brain works. Yeah, his brain. That's how it's worked with every other girlfriend he's ever had. I'm with you. I love you. This is not anything that's going to change how much I love you. He did it with Brooke. He did it with Peyton. He's doing it with Lindsay. He did it with Anna. He did it with Nikki on the fucking carousel. He did it with all of them. (laughs) A lot of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, a lot of it. Oh, God. You know what I mean? Like, that's here's what I'll say. This is why I love this show is because, yes, Lucas is a fucker, but we also know why he's doing what he's doing, which is just good character development, in my opinion. Well, we know it's it's we know why he's doing what he's doing because he's doing what he's doing because he's entirely oblivious to anyone else's point of view. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I, he has main he has main character syndrome. That's the problem. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think that's character development. I think that's a character flaw. Well, that's true. A like, development can turn into a flaw. It's fine. Hopefully a flaw turns into development because <laughs> this man is You mean this 22-year-old? Yeah, yeah. This un this partially cooked uh pseudo adult right. is uh, so mm-hmm. oblivious, has been for now four and a half seasons, so oblivious to how any of his actions could possibly affect any of the other people in his life. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm related to Dan Scott. I have no empathy. Uh, <laughs> wow. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I just, I like this episode because it's like not a lot happens, but we get so much development in everybody like yeah it's a big check-in episode of like how y'all doing we've been like we're you know we're five episodes in how are we feeling right now hey bud how you doing uh-huh. i uh-huh. it's also interesting all the parallels that are built in everyone in this fucking town is having the same conversation mm-hmm. like which is you know shown by all those crash cuts into you're a bitch you're a bitch you're a bitch you know your mm-hmm. mom's a bitch. we need to talk we need to talk we need to talk yeah exactly. right exactly it's, yeah, yeah. Everyone in this town is having the exact same conversation until Peyton starts throwing books at Lucas's head. And Chef's then kiss. No notes. Someone Chef's is kiss. finally saying something different. Yes. So yeah. good. So good. I like this episode a lot. It's and I like it because it infuriates me so much. <laughs> like all of the bad decisions that are made in this episode just absolutely fucking infuriate me. But I love it. Mm-hmm. Because I I always know with this show that, like, when something starts to infuriate me, like, truly infuriate me, the end is near. <laughs> yeah. 
I will say, so, I just, which feels good. <laughs> yeah. And I just harken back to like when we first met Carrie and Jesse was like, is Carrie going to be a problem? And we had to be like, no, 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 she's no. fine. We don't know. She's fine. <laughs> right? I don't even know if we right said there. no. No, I think no, we I don't think you acknowledged me. No. You were so pissed that I guess Victoria was Brooke's mom. So you were just not acknowledging any of my predictions anymore. Very possible. Yeah, probably. Probably. Uh yeah. I mean, it's a great episode. It's a good one. It's yeah. It's it's like like I said, it's like a mental check-in for every single character to be like, how are we all doing right now? Oh, not great. Okay, good. <laughs> Let's keep going then, kids. Come on. Yep. God. Uh, okay. Anything else we want to add before we wrap this one up, kids? I don't Not think so. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for us then, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. As always, do not forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us out in the long run. Give us a five-star rating. Helps us out with all those lovely podcast algorithms to have people, you know, see our podcast and, you know, see that it's there and then listen to it, obviously. And yeah, follow us on social media. We are everywhere at On Wednesdays Pod. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram in the DMs. That's where we live most often. And we will see you guys next week for another fun-filled episode of On Wednesdays. We watch One Tree Hill. We'll see you then, guys. Bye! Bye! Bye.